Welcome back to the Potluck Podcast. I'm your host, Mason Westmoreland. Uh, Co-host Colton Dean is on location in Statesboro, Georgia tonight, uh, working a golf tournament. So I'll be here, uh, joined by Potluck Football contributor Jesse Savage here in the Classic City. Uh, We're going to pick up right where we left off, uh, talk a little Commerce Lincoln County, uh, the rest of Week 11 action, the final week of the regular season. We'll move into round one of the playoffs, preview of that round, and then talk a little Commerce Bowden uh, for the first round of the playoffs. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's go. listening to the Potluck Podcast, the official, unofficial podcast of Commerce Football. All right, uh, welcome in to the Potluck Podcast tonight. I'm here with Jesse Savage. We're going to talk a little commerce football and football around Northeast Georgia. Jesse, how are we doing tonight? Doing good. Doing good. You sound a little under the weather. Yeah, a little, little zonked, but <laughs> yeah, like, that happens this time of year. Um, where we left off, uh, the Commerce Tigers were a little zonked when we went down to Lincolnton this past week. It, it was a tough loss. You know, we were playing for what could have been a region championship and ended up getting the fourth seed, uh, 35-6 to six loss down there in Lincoln. Uh, Jesse, what were your thoughts? You, you made it down to the game uh, Friday night. You had any opening thoughts about the ball game? Well, it was good to be back. It was good to go back to Lincoln for one. Yeah. Because it was nice to be down there. I got, like, a ton of memories from that place. Uh but obviously, wish we could have, wish we could have won. Yeah, and we had our chances, you know. And I believe it was a better game than the score than the scoreboard showed. I agree. Uh, I agree. Especially for you know, for what we got, we put we played pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they they had a, a stout team, a lot a lot better than their scores this year would indicate. Um, yeah. Colton and I made the trip down. I think you went down with your dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colton and I and Gomer made the trip down. Uh, we had a, a good trip down. You know, usually when we, we go on a, a road trip, it's a mess. Uh, but we got down there and ate some uh, fried chicken from Roy Lee's, which was an experience. It was a cultural experience. Uh, ran into some of those Lincoln County accents that sound like Cajun accents. Yeah. Uh, but I had some good chicken and – didn't have any drinks over there at Roy Lee's. So uh, we had to stop at the gas station going into town there um, and get some drinks. And I, this should have been an omen from when I walked into that gas station. I went and back to the cooler and, and picked up a Coca-Cola and took it up to the register. And uh, there's two younger girls working the register. Not, you know, we had on our commerce clothes. And I set my Coca-Cola down and uh, 
she just walked up to the counter and said, you ready to get your ass beat tonight? <laughs> and uh, I, I should have known from then, you know, it, it was going to be that kind of night. Uh, She's been saying that to people for 50 years. <laughs> well, she was young. She was. She just graduated high school. But she sounded like she'd been saying it for people, to people yeah. for 50 years. But, uh, no, it, it, was, it was a tough night. Uh, I think the highlight of the night would have been Trey Huff. Yeah, I mean, I could we could literally turn this into the Trey Huff recap uh, episode because I mean he's fun to watch. Yeah, he had a, a knockdown dragout game. He had at least two touchdowns. Um, you know, his partner in crime, Tevin Gartrell, he played well too. Uh, he passed the thousand yard mark rushing right there in the fourth quarter. Uh, Commerce only scored once. Uh, they're in the first half with a tough run from from Jaden Daniels. We only had one touchdown in three red zone trips. Yeah, we had a tough time with with just moving them. I feel like when we got in there, uh, Trey Huff never left the field. No, he played. He was on for people that weren't there. He was on kickoff. He was on kickoff return. He played safety on defense, and then he was the quarterback. But he. They had him rolled up. They would just roll him up right in there with the linebackers mm-hmm. on defense. And, I mean, I'd like to know how many tackles he had. Yeah, it would have been a good stat to, to have found out. Um, I bet he was I bet he was on up, getting on up close to 20. Probably so. I mean, he, met, he was in on every tackle. And he – I mean, when he tackles people, he hits them too. Yeah. He's very – he looks – He's a lot bigger than you would think he would be. Yeah, real uh, stout. Real thick. Yeah. Um, but his dad, Doug, you know, back, talking about defense, they had a four-man front, basically had five linebackers and were playing man coverage and we'd split them out. Yeah. Uh, and we just – we couldn't ever get anything going uh, consistently. Now, we did get down. We made that first drive, got in the end zone. Uh, then we got down there again and couldn't convert on – the half yard line. Yeah, and we should have got in there. I don't I honestly don't know how we did. Yeah. I mean Well Joe, you know, he he uh texted or somehow I was talking to Joe. It was on Twitter and he was saying he got in. He was watching it. Yeah. He really thought he got in. Uh and then later in the game, I think the score was was twenty one to six. Right after the half we had the ball driving and got down to about the ten yard line and couldn't get it in. So uh, I thought they had a really good game plan too, because they came out, they came out on the first drive and uh, had a had a fourth and short, and you know should have punted, should have been punting, yeah. And they went for it because they knew they got to keep the ball out of commerce. Yeah, I mean they they watched film on watched on the Washington Wills game and just knew. We need to try to keep the ball. So they they were going to go for it on fourth and short. They rolled rolled him. They were real aggressive on on defense with just piling people in the box because they just they knew Connors probably couldn't throw it over him, right? Uh, which we couldn't. So I thought Lincoln County played really tough and they they had a good game plan going in. But I, I also think that Connors. Uh, I mean, I love Connors' backfield. Yeah. I love what they – I mean, I love the the three-back guy, but 
I like all those bags they had back there too. Yeah. We've we've got a good team. Uh it just we didn't execute as well as we could have. We just got beat uh Friday night. And uh, it shows up in the stats looking here at our team offensive stats. Got forty six rushes for 161 yards. That breaks down to three and a half exactly. Three yeah. and a half yards per carry. That's what you want. Um and like we talked about, you know, we moved the ball down the field. It's just we couldn't get in. Uh, two for six passing, 24 yards, and had the late interception that led to a Lincoln County score on a short field uh, and one fumble. Uh, our defense allowed 300 yards rushing, uh, 35 points, and uh, 14 first downs. Uh, the key stat here for Lincoln County was that they, they had four touchdowns on four red zone trips. Yeah. Uh, they they took advantage of, of what they got. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Offensively, individually, Draylon Martin led the team with rushing uh, 61 yards. Jaden Daniels, 58 yards rushing, uh, one touchdown. And Trey Garnto had 31 and 24 yards passing. Uh, defensively, one of your favorite players of the season, Cole Hill, uh, led the team in tackles, one of the Hill boys, 14 tackles. Uh, that's the highest single tackle total in a game this season. It's the yeah. most tackles any player's had in one game. He flies around. He hits hard, too. Yeah, he does hit hard. Uh, Caleb Lovin, six tackles. Kamani Horn, uh, five tackles. Other statistics, we only had two penalties, which was good, uh, but we were negative one in the turnover margin, which is something we've struggled with all year. Um, statistically, other than obviously the scoreboard and a few of those stats, uh, that's kind of what you what you want in a Converse team is yeah. no penalties. You got a you got a couple turnovers there, but uh, you know three and a half, three and a half, three and a half is what right. what you want. And it was a quick game. I mean, we were out of there by nine thirty. Oh, I mean, we were listening to on going back home. We were listening to a lot of games that were still in the third quarter, right? Because uh, you just. It was very fast. Because Lincoln County don't do much throwing either. No, I think I think Trey had three passes, completed one of them. But uh, that was what happened in Lincolnton. Uh, final score there: Commerce six, Lincoln County thirty-five. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Got a lot of segments coming in today. Uh, this next one is about the twenty twenty-two to twenty twenty-three reclassification in the GHSA. Welcome to the Potluck Podcast. Mason Westmoreland here uh, doing a little call-in with uh, Potluck football host Colton Dean. He's down in Statesboro, Georgia, uh, helping with a golf tournament. And uh, he's here to talk a little bit about the reclassification in the GHSA for 22, or 2022 to 2023. Dino, how we doing? Oh, doing good, Tom. A little rainy down here in Statesboro. Uh but, yeah, it's funny. We're going to be talking about a, a somewhat related event to uh, Bullet County later later on in a different segment that I'll talk about. But uh, for now, we'll talk about some reclassification, GHSA reclassified, I think, uh, well, the whole state. But there were 60 schools that contested it. Um, so that's been kind of the big story of the week. For Commerce specifically, we're going to remain in Class A public with 489 students. 139 of which are out of district 
Um, if Commerce were in AA, our multiplier number would be 767. Uh, some of the appeals in our local area was Jackson County, who won their appeal to move to 6A. East Jackson won their appeal to play in AA. And then, uh, man, you, you just hate to see this. You really do. <laughs> You hate to see this, but Jefferson lost their appeal to stay in 4A. They're moving up to 5A. <laughs> that's a that's a lot of jumping for Jefferson over the years. Back as recently as, as 2007, they were in Class A. Now they're all the way up in 5A. Uh, interesting move there for Jackson County to jump to 6A voluntarily. What do you think the logic is there? They've already – they try they stay away from Jefferson. Oh, so they, okay. Um, every time they vote, they've gotten – move to where they be playing Jefferson, they always they always get get away from that. That makes sense. Uh, how about East Jackson coming down to double A? They'll they'll probably fare a little better in football, don't you think? Maybe. <laughs> I I think they will. Easier region than A triple A. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So uh, what other what other schools of note appealed? Uh, yeah, so there, there was some more schools that we kind of talk about on this show a lot that appealed. Camden County lost their appeal. They wanted to drop to 6A, so they'll stay in 7A. Walnut Grove won their appeal, so they're dropping to 4A from 5A. Um, both Calhoun and Flowery Branch, uh, similar to Jefferson, they wanted to drop from 5A to, to 4A, but they uh, lost their appeals. So that's similar competition there. Flowery Branch and Jefferson will probably stay in the same region. Yeah. Uh, and then may, maybe Calhoun might play Jefferson uh, in a playoff game, which would be cool. Mm. So people also lost their appeal to drop from AA back down to Class A public. So Social Circle will be gone from our region. Yep, yep. Uh, good probably there for Walnut Grove and Carl in baseball. I'm not sure what – what 4A looks like compared to 5A, but I know that's been tough down there for them in their region. Uh, yeah, figure out well, what's, what, the, what that does for the baseball for Carl, I'm yeah. sure. Um, and then uh, kind of a story that's that's come, been developing really today, Thursday, uh, Veterans Day, is this uh, secession of private schools from the GHSA into other independent uh, leagues. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, so the the private, larger private schools were most affected in the reclassification uh, that goes into this. All this is going to affect next year, but um, out of the eight biggest private schools, there was only two that weren't appealing. So, um, you know, that that's that's kind of a kind of a lot, and of course, they felt slotted. Um, what happened was the three multiplier. Um, that, that, that kind of caused all this uh, this chain reaction. But uh, there's a large contingent of private schools that have left the GHSA now for independent leagues due to the out-of-district population multiplier, which I just said is three. Um, it moved up. I think, was it 2.5, Saul? I think it was even lower than that. I it think might it was, might have been two. It might have even been two. Um, George Walton is one of, is one of those schools. Uh, and there's only 29 uh, football playing schools that remain in Class A private after all the the reshuffling. Yeah, you don't even have enough there for the playoffs now because you got a 32 team playoff, um, and you've only right. got 29 there. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do in Class A private next year. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it, it is a questionable. I guess it's questionable whether they, if all of them want to, you know, kind of go back to the GISA or what or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's definitely something that, that that's going to have to be uh, sorted out over the next several months, I guess. Yeah. Well, anyways, thanks for catching us up on this developing story of the reclassification for the next two years. Um, we'll talk to you a little later in the show, talking a little commerce Bowden story time. So uh, we'll hear from Dino in a bit. Thanks, ma'am. Story time. Yes, sir. Thanks, Dino, for coming in and telling us about uh, recap classification and how that's going to affect some of our local teams here in the area. Uh, getting right into week 11 review. This is the last week of the regular season. Uh, we highlighted one game around the state uh, last week. That was the six AAA title over there in Ringgold, up there on the Tennessee line. Ringgold dropped that game uh, to Rockmark 18-6. to a tough, tough game there for Ringgold to lose in that championship. Back. Uh, I'd like to shout out uh, Kennesaw Mountain. Caleb Carmine, head coach at Kennesaw Mountain, they clinched region last Friday, and I don't know what region that is. It's 6A. <laughs> uh, probably five or six. Probably. But the first, first, uh, first region title in the school's history, and – it's a school that really, I mean, hadn't made the playoffs that many times. So yeah. it's a pretty big, pretty big deal. That's that's your friend Jacob's brother, yeah, right? That's right, yeah. Uh, well, congrats to Kennesaw Mountain over there in northwest Georgia. Back in northeast Georgia in our area, the Buford Wolves took care of business at Dequila 42-7. to seven. Uh, They won their 18th region title since 2001 this year uh winder barrow lost to lanier 22 to 13 the double d double g dogs missed the playoffs and finished four and six and fifth in eight six a the apple knockers habersham central loses to shiloh uh 43 to eight or 28 uh they finished sixth in their region and three and seven actually uh do you listen to this one on the way back i listened to the head the head the Central. Yeah, yeah, that was on uh, 99-3. Uh, Clark Central picks up an easy win over Johnson of Gainesville, 55-3. to uh, They win their third consecutive region title. Uh, Appalachie. Appalachie, uh, who Commerce scrimmaged back before the season tied 14-14, to will host its first playoff game since 2009. Uh, they beat Jackson County uh, – over there in Bethlehem, 34-28. to 28. Jackson County does make it to the playoffs, though. They finish fourth in Region 8-5-A. Uh, Cedar Shoals picks up a win and punches their playoff ticket. Uh, they went 3-6 and six this season and beat Chesapeake 27-20. to 20. Uh, Flowery Branch lays it on uh, Hall County rivals East Hall. 61 to 20. Didn't cover the spread, though. There's a 50-point spread in that game. Uh, don't play much football up there at Valhalla, I think. Uh, too much pottery in Yellsville. That and the baseball, I think, is what the whole county – the county schools are good mm. at. I know Lakeview's good at it, too. Um, 
Jefferson gets its revenge on the poor folks up there in Danielsville. Madison <laughs> County drops a big one uh, to Jefferson, 49 to seven. Uh, you know, last week, Jefferson lost the region t- title to North Oconee, uh, came in second. Madison County finishes five and five. Heartbreaking season for the Red Raiders. They lost two games by one score uh, to f- one game to fourth place Cedar Shoals in overtime, and then a uh, really close game with Stevens County, who we'll talk about next, 19 to 14. Uh, Stevens, who made the playoffs in 3A. A really solid team there, but the Red Raiders came up short and will be playing basketball uh, now. Stevens County beat East Jackson, shut them out, shut the Eagles out over there in uh, Commerson, as we like to call it, uh, 24 to nothing. Monroe area in a close game. This is closer than the score indicates up there in Hartwell. Beat Hart County 35 to 21, didn't cover the spread, 19-point spread. Uh, but Monroe area scored 14 points in the fourth cu- quarter to close out the game. And Hart County had actually scored 21 points in the fourth or first quarter and didn't score the rest of the game. Oh, man. So an odd game there in Hartwell, uh, one where Hart County really could have, you know, thrown a grenade in that region if they'd have beat Monroe. But it seems like somebody got hurt or something. Yeah, I, I don't know exactly what happened in that game. We we got home right as Doc Ayers was coming on, the correspondent uh, for Hart County. When he was coming on the review show, we missed it. So I, I don't know exactly what happened. But um, Monroe area is ranked first in the state in AAA for the first time ever in school history this week. Wow. Um, Oconee County uh, rebounds after a loss to Monroe earlier in the season. They finished second in eight AAA, that really highly contested region, 48 to six over the lines from Carnesville. Uh, Oconee scored 48 unanswered points after Franklin got on the board 6-0 early uh, in a way too close game in Homer. Elbert County beats Banks 20 to 18. Oh, man. What do you think happened there? I don't know, but I bet it was ugly. I mean, it had to have been. I mean, we we watched Elbert County play. They weren't yeah. that bad. Nah. They were 24-point favorite in the game and only beat Banks by two. Uh, both of those two teams do make the playoffs in one of the worst regions in the state, 8AA. Uh, speaking of 8AA, you got Union County up there, too. Uh, they beat Gilmer. Uh, and earned their third win of the season, 49-48 to 48, uh, <laughs> up there in Blairsville. Really. Those mountain boys can't play defense. No. Uh, I don't know what happened to that one, but Union County didn't seem like they were very good this year. Um, Prince Avenue, in a game that was closer than the experts would have thought, at uh, Athens Christian up here on Highway 29, beat the Golden Eagles 38-15. to 15. Uh, sophomore quarterback Aaron Philo finishes the regular season for Prince with 3,054 yards, passing uh, 35 touchdowns and 70% completion. Is he uh, is he getting looked at at all? I, he's has has to be. Yeah, I mean, well, I wonder if he's like five foot five, <laughs> 130 pounds. Or I, something. I think he's getting looks, but I, I'm not sure who's looking at him. Um, but he's he's a very good quarterback, comes in right after Vandegrift, 
in a season where a lot of people thought Prince would be in rebuilding mode. Yeah. And they're probably the main obstacle for Trinity Christian in Class A private uh, this season. Uh, moving on into Class A top 10, the AJC top 10 around the state. Uh, for Class A, we had Wilcox County at the nine spot beating Trutland uh, 35 to six. Number six, Bowden, Commerce opponent this week, blanked Armurchie 44 to nothing. Schley County down there in southwest Georgia beats Central Tableton in a blowout 62 to nothing. Uh, Matter, number four, beats ECI 38 to nothing, which is kind of shocking. Uh, yeah, not a whole, I tell you, a lot of blowouts. Mm-hmm. I mean, not, not a whole lot of, uh, Close games. The the losing in those first four games there, the losing team only scored six points combined. Got three shutouts and one six point score, and then over thirty five points for the winning team. Yeah, I mean Union and Gilmer County may have been the most exciting. <laughs> Who would have thunk it? Uh, but ECI, you know, they were ranked eighth in the state, and Metter just lays it on them from the four spot. Which Metter was good. Metter. Going into this season, I, I feel like you heard about you heard people saying that they were going to be good. Yeah, they were good last year, and they dropped down from Double A the year before, and were competitive in Double A. Yeah. So uh, that they got a good program down there. Uh, in another top ten battle, number three, Macon County, the boys from Montezuma beat. This is your close game right here. They beat Chattahoochee County, number seven, twenty-one to thirteen. I think that may have been the region title down there in uh, Class A. That would be Region 5, so Region 5A uh, public. Boys from Montezuma prevail. And then in another uh, – this is kind of, kind of a blowout, kind of not. Irwin County, uh, the boys from Osceola beat uh, the boys from Ashburn down there at Turner County, 35-12, uh, to 12, and Irwin wins its fifth straight region crown. It's a dynasty they got going down there. Yeah, they've uh, – I can't remember out of the last decade or so, they've played in the state title something like 80% of the time. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, uh, and really came out of nowhere. They did. I mean, I feel like they've all, they've sort of taken the place of – well, it used to be it used to be uh, Charlton, and then at some point Hawkinsville was the, was the, the kind of like kind of the dynasty. And then Clinch – Who's always kind of been around was sort of was sort of there, and then Irwin sort of taking that. Yeah, that, that like South Georgia small school powerhouse. Yeah, brand. Um, back in our region, eight A public social circle beats Green County in Greensboro, forty two to nineteen. Social will make the playoffs and represent eight A public in the third seed up against Tron. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then Washington Wilkes goes all the way up to Hiawassee and narrowly, I mean, oh, 49 to 32 over yeah. Towns County. That's surprising. What do you think happened there? I don't know. That's odd. Maybe the altitude got the <laughs> got, got the bends. Yeah. <laughs> they just couldn't handle the thinner air. Yeah. Could have been some late scores by Towns, or Towns could have just showed up. Yeah, I mean, Towns is – Got better players and a better program than they used to. Yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't have expected that result. No. That gets us through uh, 
week 11, the last week of the regular season. Uh, we're going to go right into our potluck picking results for this season, 2021, and then come back and talk about round one of the playoffs. And now the moment you've all been waiting for, it's time for the 2021 potluck pick'em results. That's right. The weekly pick'em where you show how much you know about high school football in Northeast Georgia or how little you know about high school football in Northeast Georgia. Uh, I'm joined today by a special guest, uh, my sister, Megan Rodriguez Bustamante. Very nice. Uh, how we doing today, Meg? I'm great. I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the pod. Well, I wanted to have you on to help out. This is either a reward or a punishment <laughs> for helping us do the pick'em this year. Uh, you came up with a really good spreadsheet to help us keep track of the winners of all the games and all the spreads. And so I, I don't really understand it, but it helped out a lot. And uh, so you have the honor of announcing the the champion this year. But before we get into that, uh, earlier in the year, we advertised that there would be a prize pack for the champion. And we did this last year, but we didn't do a good job. So this year we wanted to put a number value on it, like how many dollars would this be worth? And it would be up to $1,000 <laughs> of uh, commerce-themed things. Uh, we did not get to $1,000, but we got some really nice stuff from some really good businesses in commerce. Uh, first off, we have a Commerce Tiger cap from Fit to a T Athletics. That's down there on the lower end of town. Uh, Danny Dean does a great job down there making a lot of Commerce Tiger apparel. Um, this next piece in the in the prize pack is a little weird. Um, it's an Adult Swim Hardy's collaboration T-shirt. So this <laughs> this shirt comes from my friends over at uh, the Commerce Hardee's where I stop and get breakfast on the way to the work. Uh, one morning I asked them if I could have a t-shirt and they just gave me a t-shirt. So uh, this is an extra large um, for the winter. Uh, a free round of putt-putt and a sticker from Strange Duck Brewing Company over there from Drake and all our friends at the brewery. Uh, Commerce Tiger Pop Socks from upstairs on Broad right there off of Main Street in or Broad Street in commerce right there in the middle of town. Uh, $25 gift card for El Perion. Uh, and then a couple of my favorite items from Quality Foods, uh, a bottle of hot Strickland's barbecue sauce and one pound of Claxton fruitcake. Uh, and then from myself and my coworkers at the Maisel Post Office, one book of first class forever stamps. So uh, that's your prize pack for the year. Meg, who finished at the very bottom of the pick? First off, how many contestants did we have this year? A lot. Had more than last year, right? Yes. I want to say somewhere around in the teens. I don't think we hit 20. It was like 16, 17, something yeah. like that. Um, who, who came in last? Our good friend, Noah Rowe. He had six points and a pick accuracy of 5%. So if I remember, he was like just a one pick wonder, right? Yeah, I think wherever he was from, they were in the pick They were in the pick em and yeah. he, he played that week. So following Noah is Eric Redman and he had Old eight radio. points and he had a pick accuracy of 6.7%. 
Okay, so radio came in second to last, but he won the cow pie bingo. So that kind of he's makes the up real for winner that. then. <laughs> <laughs> so that after Eric is Sea Tiger football, which I think is Anthony Gaddis. Yes, is that right? that's okay. uh, the Commerce High School football team statistician, uh, father of Mason Gaddis, Anthony. So Anthony got 16 points, and he had a pick accuracy of 13.4%. So Gaddis, Gaddis picked on and off. You know, he'd be there a week and then gone a week, right? Yeah, he was in and out. Um, after him is the Joe Sanders. Joe boy. And he had 22 points with a pick accuracy of 18.5%. Yeah, Joe just wasn't consistent this year either. After Joe was Sergeant Jab, who stopped picking in the middle of the season. I think he stopped on week eight but he had a total of 44 points. So he had a really good first half of the season yeah. with a pick accuracy of 37%. Yeah, he beat me a couple of weeks. I remember he had like a nine in there somewhere, right, out of 10. Yeah, he did. It was the very first week he got nine right. Yeah. So after Sergeant is me, and I got 52 points with a pick accuracy of 43.7%. So the pick ac pick accuracy, these we're picking against the spread here. So – to pick how many, what percent did you get right? I got 43.7%. So that's, that's pretty good when you're thinking about, you got to factor in the point spread. I'm just happy week. I wasn't last. Yeah. <laughs> Who so we got next? Coach Davis. Um, he had a total of 52 points with a pick accuracy of 43.7. Oh, we had the same. We tied. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then after that is Maddie Tudies. Matthew? Yeah, that's Matthew, Matthew Dean. So he got 54 points and he had a 45.4% pick accuracy. Okay. So getting better. After him is G. Rowland. So Grant Rowland, that, he is actually the play-by-play -play guy for White County, uh, their football team up there, uh, friend of the show. He had 56 points and a pick accuracy of 47.1%. Okay. After him is Rossi. Did I say that right? Rossi. Taylor Seals. Okay. So Taylor, he had 58 points and he had a pick accuracy of 48.7%. Okay. So after him is high school football stand account. They, and I think they won uh, either the pick em or the playoff pick em last year. And he or she, I think he got 61 points and he finally broke over 50%. So he's at 51.3%. Nice. What place was that? Seventh. Seventh. Okay. Yeah. So then in sixth is you, uh, Mason Westmoreland. You got sure. 64 points with 53.8% accurate. Okay. So after you is L. Jackson is elite. Okay. I'm not sure who that is. I can't was. remember his actual name. Dustin. Dustin. Yeah. He's a Madison County fan. He started picking last year. So he got 65 points with 54.6% accuracy. Mm, had a good year. He finished fifth, right? Yeah. So fourth is Colton. So Colton got 65 points with a 54.6%. Colton always finishes strong. Yeah. He, he always does better at the end of the year. So third place is Coach Russ Gregg, and he got 67 points. So this is Coach Gregg that is the current basketball coach at Commerce High School, not Rex Gregg, his father, who was the former basketball coach at Commerce High School. Placing in the bronze. His pick accuracy was 56.3%. Okay. In second place is Derek Wiley, and he had 69 points with a pick accuracy of 58% on the dot. That's pretty good. That uh, is pretty good. Derek just – he's a commerce grad, uh, moved to Portland, Oregon some years ago, and a uh, sports reporter. I actually got to meet Derek in real life uh, this year at the Oconee County-Thomasville game. Uh, he's moved back to Kansas to start – 
reporting on high school football again. So that is one reason why he's so good at this is he, he watches a lot of high school football. And our 2021 potluck pick'em winner is <laughs> Turt Ferguson. <laughs> All right, so uh, Arthur Mosley, congratulations! Yeah, congratulations. How many how many points? He had 70 points and a pick accuracy of 58.8 percent. And missed a week. Yeah, he was really fun to watch because I put the scores in every week, so right. I literally watched him through that. And I was like, man, he got some really good weeks. Uh, Arthur lives over, I think, in uh, Cherokee County, and uh, he's he's one of the guys in like the high school football podcast community. It's a very small community in in Georgia, but uh, he puts on a podcast with a couple guys called Football Fridays at the Tavern. I've actually listened to it uh, before, and it's it's a good show. Uh, and then each week he does eight greats around the state, uh, which is a an article he writes, like preview articles for eight great games around the state. So um, follow, give old Turd Ferguson a follow. He's one of our followers, and he is the winner of the 2021 Potluck Pick'em. So congratulations. Um, we'll get with you on the DMs about getting you stuff mailed over there. But uh, we'll be doing the Potluck Pick'em again. So if you want to compete next year, we've got a good spreadsheet. We've got a good format. Um, it'll, be, it'll be real fun. All right. Thanks, Meg, for coming on. Thanks for having me. And uh, we'll get back to the show. Congrats again to Turd Ferguson, uh, a.k.a. Arthur Mosley, uh, for winning the potluck pick this season. It had picked a lot of great games. You know, it, it's hard to pick – Games against the spread that consistently. Um, Shout out to Big Art Mosley. <laughs> uh, we're going to get right into round one of the playoffs, our preview of games in our area. Number one, Buford is a 41-point favorite versus the Kale Longhorns. Um, Clark Central is a 34-point favorite over Maynard Jackson. Uh, Jesse, you had a little information about Maynard Jackson. Well, I actually, I was looking up to see. I had never heard. I, I know who Maynard Jackson is, but I'd never heard of the school. But I believe it's just a school. Uh, I believe that's just. Oh, it used to be Southside High School. Okay. okay. Uh, but yeah, it's been renamed for Maynard Jackson, who was he was Atlanta's first black mayor. They, they have not been that successful in the football field this year, though. Um, they're just three and seven and only average 15 points per game offensively. Uh, Ryan Dennis, sports editor at the Athens Banner Herald, thinks Clark Central will roll, and so does the spread. Uh, I think I said they're a 34-point favorite there in that game. Jackson County, the Panthers over there in Brazelton, uh, Pendergrass area now, uh, travel to Villarica. Villarica is a 16-point favorite in that game. Uh, Villarica is 7-2 and two on the season and the number one seed out of their region. They're also in Carroll County, so Commerce will go to Carroll County to play Bowden. Uh, Jackson County will go to Carroll County to play Villarica uh, this week. Cedar Shoals at number one, Marist. Going to be a blowout. Uh, Marist is a four-touchdown favorite, 28 points according to the spread. Uh, Flowery Branch, it's three seed there, is at Mays. Uh, Flowery Branch, actually a two-touchdown favorite, 14-point spread on the game. Kind of shocking for a three seed, though. No? Yeah. 
That is a little odd. Uh, but eight quad A has been a strong region, at least at the top this season. Uh, speaking of eight quad A, you got Jefferson, who finished second in that region, uh, number six in the state, uh, hosting Hateville Charter. Uh, Jefferson is a 28-point favorite. Um, Hateville, if you remember, won the 2017 AA state title, and I think they beat Raven County. That season, I remember that because I remember thinking, "Who in the hell is Hateville?" <laughs> yeah, uh, but they they did really well in in double A. They won four straight Region Six A championships or six double A championships, but they've just gone ten and nine since a bump straight up to Quad A. They went from double A straight to Quad A, and haven't fared that well. Um, number five in the state, North Oconee. 34-point favorite as they host Miller Grove. Um, interesting game here as we, we get into um, eight AAA, Hart County. The Bulldogs are will travel to Ringgold uh, in a pick em. This game is a zero-point spread. This is kind of a tough, tough draw for Hart because uh, Ringgold's been pretty good this season. But Hart, you know, they've got a really good shot to win this game. Yeah. Uh, tough team this year. Uh, number one, Monroe area, the Purple Hurricanes host North Murray, 34-point favorite uh, for the number one seed there. Number two, Oconee County. So number one is in the state is Monroe area and number one in the region. And then Oconee County is number two in the state and number two in the region. Oconee County is a 26-point favorite uh, versus Adairsville. Yeah. And uh, Oconee County's – Good. I yeah, mean, we've seen Oconee County play. They're uh, they're a pretty good football team. It'd be something else if, and I, I hadn't looked at the bracket really closely, but if Monroe area and Oconee County met for a rematch in the yeah. state title, yeah. that'd be something else. Hard to beat people twice. It really is. Uh, the last team in eight quad A or eight triple A to make the playoffs is Stevens County. Uh, that four seed travels to number nine, Rockmart. Rockmart, the Yellow Jackets are only a seven-point favorite. Uh, maybe one of the biggest possibilities for a four-versus-one upset in the state yeah. here. Um, moving on down the double-A, Banks County will travel to South Atlanta. Interesting culture clash here for the boys yeah. from Homer. Um, they are a 27-point underdog to South Atlanta. Um that is a hilarious matchup. <laughs> it often happens too, because eight in double A. Well, eight, what doesn't often happen is Banks County playing in the playoffs. True, that's only happened like twice in school yeah. history up to this point. Yeah, uh, but they do. They, I think they played Kip Atlanta, which is like a, a private school in uh, in Atlanta one year, and that was a forfeit. And then there, there was another Atlanta school that Banks County ended up playing. Banks County's going to have to make sure their buses are equipped to go. Their buses don't usually have to go more than a county or two over. They're going to have to make sure they can travel on the interstate. <laughs> yeah. uh, Elbert County and the boys from the Granite Bowl will host Columbia. I'm not even sure where that's at. That's a county school? That's Columbia County? I don't think so. Huh. I don't know where that is. I, I'm, I'm not sure what this school is. Uh, but Elbert 
is the two seed in eight AA, and they're a seven point favorite. Uh, number one in the state, number one in the region, Raven County uh, hosts Pace Academy. Uh, they played in the regular season, and Elbert blew them out. Uh, or not Elbert, Raven, Raven blew them out. Uh, it's, they're a 41-point favorite again. Yeah, I watched that game on. We're at Sam Purcell's house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was not close. Uh, another game which I don't think will be close is uh, Union County. The boys from Blairsville travel to Lovett. Um, oh, boy. I think Lovett rolls here. I don't know why, but Lovett's only a 14-point favorite. But based on what I've seen from Union. Yeah. Uh, just historically, Lovett's usually got a pretty good team. Yeah. It's probably not going to fare well for the boys from Blairsville. Uh, getting on into uh, private, the private, uh, Class A private, you got number 10, Athens Academy, who's hung around in the top 10 somehow. Uh, they are hosting Mount Pisgah. Uh, ACAD is a 17-point favorite. Uh, a rematch game from earlier in the season back in August. Athens Christian travels to St. Francis in a game where uh, it's a pick em. No, No spread here. Um, ACS lost back in August 23 to 22. Uh, just like you said earlier, it's notoriously hard for to beat a team twice. Yeah, it's very hard. So maybe that plays into Athens Christian's favor. Uh, have you seen them any this season? Athens Christian? Yeah. Nah. They got a really good running back. Um, Sheik. I can't remember his name. But he, he's really good, and his brother plays corner, and his name's Navy Curry. I can remember that because it's kind of an odd name. Yeah. Jonas Davis, that's the kid's the running back's name. But he, he's uh, been looked at by Georgia Southern and uh, a couple of schools, maybe. Huh. Real big kid. Uh, so I like Athens Christian there. I've liked them all season. I, I think they make it to the Sweet 16. Um, in an interesting development, third-ranked Prince Avenue has a bye this week uh, their first round opponent Kings Ridge forfeited the opening round of the playoffs due to injury concerns and a perceived lack of competitiveness in the game that <laughs> is makes me sick to my stomach that is embarrassing Kings Ridge they don't need a football team and I, I think Kings Ridge might be one of the teams that's leaving the GHSA. They need to leave. They need to shut the school down, and they need to, it needs to no longer exist. <laughs> I mean, it's basically just saying we're not going to win the game, so we're not going to play the game. Yeah, I mean, that's not in the spirit of of the game. That's like something that 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 seems like something that would happen in in Massachusetts or something. Yeah, you know, this is Georgia high school football. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Getting on in uh, to the final AJC Class A top 10 rankings, um, we have the first round of the playoffs. Number 10, ECI, is an eight-point favorite versus Terrell County. Uh, number nine, Wilcox Ca- County uh, hosts Charlton County. It's a good matchup. It is a good matchup. It's a pick em. Both of those. Charlton's down this year, though. Uh, you know, court, Coach McWhorter that was there, Yeah, he's at Jackson County now. Yeah. Uh, so they, they've struggled lately. They're not the same team as they used to be. Um, 
Number eight, Georgia Military College host Manchester. Uh, Georgia Military College is a 20-point underdog despite winning their region this, this year in uh, 7A public. Um, they had a phenomenal season, went undefeated. Uh, they outscored their opponents 347-54 to 54 in uh, 10 regular season games and won their first region title since 1960. But the state perceives that region as a really weak region. And Manchester comes from Region 5, which is really tough. Yeah. So Manchester is a 20-point favorite. Uh, I got a quick trivia question here for you. Which collegiate coach once coached at Georgia Military College? Nick Saban. <laughs> you you would know you know this person. You know of this person. Is this a head coach? This is a head coach of a college team in the past. This person is deceased now. Founder. No. Older. Older than Bobby Bowden? Older than Bobby Bowden. It's not Moses. <laughs> Related to Georgia in some way. Wally Butts. Wally Butts is the guy. He, he once coached at uh, Georgia Military College, I believe, back in the 30s. Bobby Bowden, also just a random tidbit, coached at Fitzgerald. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is he, he's, is he from South Georgia? Nah, but for, for some reason in the late 60s, he because Tommy Bowden was actually born in Fitzgerald. Huh. Because in the late 60s, he coached at, uh, I think it's Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. It may have been Douglas. Somewhere in South, South Georgia, he's, he coached. Interesting. Number seven, Chattahoochee County is a 31-point favorite at Warren County. The Screaming Devils are not looking good in that matchup. 31-point spread for a three-seed to be over a two-seed. Region seven just really doesn't look good. Uh, number six, Bowden, the Red Devils host our Commerce Tigers. Bowden is a 22-point favorite in the game. Uh, Schley County is number five. They will host Ace Charter. Uh, they're a 45-point favorite. Number four, Metter, again, a big, big point spread here in the first round, 41 points over Seminole County. Uh, what's their mascot? Seminole County. Uh Aren't they the Indians? I mean, that would have to be, right? I feel like they are. They're purple, though. Mm. Right? I don't know. I, I, I know very little about that school. No, Seminole County's not, not purple. I was thinking they were green. I'm, I'm thinking of somebody else. Uh, yeah, I would think of the Indians. When... <laughs> Number three, Macon County hosts Crawford County. Macon County is a 49-point favorite there. Uh, Brooks County. Host Montgomery County, 19-point favorite. That's kind of a, a thin line there, considering how Brooks has beaten everybody this season in Class A, other than Irwin, uh, our number one team in the state. And they host uh, the Johnson County Herschel Walkers. Uh, they're a 31-point favorite in first-round action. Um, you got any thoughts about the top ten, about Class A as a whole? Who your queer favorites might be in the playoffs? Not really. I don't have any. It's it's a there's not a lot of parity this year. It's like a lot of haves and a lot of have nots. Yeah, which seems to be a statewide class wide 
thing, almost. We've got too many classifications is what yeah. it is. I mean, I think it's just weakened. Because uh, the playoffs which, aren't what they used to be. I think just with single A, though, there's a lot of people that are having down years. Yeah. Like, Clinch County's having a down year. So is Charlton. Charlton's having a down year. You can look right here. Really, number seven and down, you got the teams that you can count on. Chattahoochee County, Bowden, Schley, Metter, Macon, Brooks, and Irwin. Those are your favorites to be in the Elite Eight. And you throw another team in there, that's probably who you got. But then, I mean, even those, you know, Metter's not Metter's not a team that you see all that often. Bowden, historically, I mean, you used to see him a lot more, but in recent years, Bowden's not a team that you really – right. Uh, Sly County, I mean, I almost, can't, I almost think that you made that name up. <laughs> uh you know, so it's there's a there's a lot of a lot of the teams that are normally there aren't right. Of course, you got Commerce and Irwin County, but it changes a lot. It does uh, year to year. Uh, getting down it into our region, um, you had the results from last week gave us Washington Wilkes as a region champs. Then you had Lincoln County as two seed, uh, Social Circle at the three, and Commerce at the four. So that gives you Lincoln County hosting a game against Mount Zion Carroll from Carroll County. There's two Mount Zions in the state. Um, the Red Devils will be a 10-point favorite at home. Uh, I think they win by more than that, don't you? Yeah. I don't I think, think Mount Zion is very good. Carroll County has a lot of schools. They do. It's a big county. Yeah. Uh, right there on the state line. I see they're really wide or really tall. I can't. I think it's really wide because yeah. it goes almost all the way to Atlanta. Yeah, and then back over to Alabama. Um, Social Circle will be on the road at Tron, and which is what it's a really contested game in the state. A lot of eyes in Class A will be on this um, game. If you don't know, Tron has a really good back this year. His name's Rob Brown, which is hilarious. Um, the legend, the, the legendary Rob Brown, most rushing yards in Tron history in a single season. He's over two thousand right now. Uh, just past two thousand last week, I think he had a, a game where he rushed for over four four hundred yards in a game. Wow! This season, that's um, another just a, another team that's you're not used to seeing in the playoffs. That's there now. It's like, it's like social service. Yeah, I mean, seeing them like competing and I yeah, mean, I'm glad to see it, but it just it's it's an odd year. It feels well, like that win for them over us was huge. Yeah, I mean that that might have got that coach a raise. Yeah, um, Washington Wilkes will host Gordon Lee. Gordon Lee has had good uh, matchup. It is a good matchup historically. Um, Gordon Lee's coming down. Last year, we beat them in a very good game at Tiger Field in the second round of the playoffs. Um, it's not the same Gordon Lee as it was last year. Yeah. Uh, they, they lost a lot. I think they had double-digit seniors on that team last year, and they're very young. Uh, but they got the fourth seed, and they'll be traveling to Washington 
to face the Blue Tigers, who are a 17-point favorite. Uh, Tryon was a 14-point favorite in that social circle game. Uh, we're going to take another quick break. We've got our first ad of the season. Uh, met with CEO of the Boys and Girls Club, our friend Trey Sims. Uh, he's going to give us a little little uh, advertisement for something the club's doing uh, later in the year. Um, hope you enjoy it. This is Mason Westmoreland with the Potluck Podcast. I'm here today with Mr. Trey Sims. Uh, some of you will remember Tiger alumnus, uh, current CEO of the Boys and Girls Club of Jackson County. And he has a special announcement for our listening audience. Trey, how we doing? Pretty good, pretty good, Salm. Uh, thanks for the opportunity. Um, glad to be on the, the pod, man. This yeah, is awesome. Yeah. Uh, quickly, I just want to uh, let everyone know in Commerce Nation, Tiger Nation, uh, that we have a special guest coming to our upcoming event at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, that special guest is Coach Ray Lamb, uh, Georgia, Georgia Sports Hall of Famer and, and Commerce Tiger legend. Uh, so much that the stadium is named after him. Right, right. Um, He'll be speaking and, and joining us and, and, and speaking for our kids, for our youth here in Jackson County on December 2nd, um, 2021 at 6 o'clock at the, uh, at the historic Commerce Civic Center. <laughs> um, so we'd love to have uh, you all come out, sponsor a table, or donate towards that event. Um, every little bit helps. And, of course, if you can come out and support uh, the legendary Coach Ray Lamb, you can just reach out to me. Uh, at the Boys and Girls Club, whether here in Commerce or the one in Jefferson. <laughs> and uh, I will be glad to see you. I'll be glad to have you. And, uh, of course, go Tigers. Now, how how would somebody get a ticket to the Steak and Steak dinner? Yeah, so uh, tickets are available online. Uh, or you can, again, reach me directly. Uh, online is bgcjcga.org. Um, you can find tickets there. Or just give me a call. At 706-296-1496. And, um, and we'll make it work. And uh, tickets start at $75 a seat. But you get a steak dinner. Um, sponsored by Outback. And uh, pretty good time. You get to see some kids and some of our young people doing what they love to do. Uh, it's a great night. Uh, look for us on Facebook, of course. And I'll be glad, again, glad to have you. And uh, some of the pod boys come and join and sit at a table. Well, thank you very much, Trey, for sharing. And uh, you do good work here at the Boys and Girls Club supporting the youth of Jackson County. And that is very important. And we appreciate you. Awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks, Trey, for giving us that information about the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, if you can, make it out to the Steak and Steak dinner this year. Uh, hear Coach Lamb speak. That'll be a treat. And I think a special message for those uh, students over there at the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we're going to get right into our Bowden preview. Uh, so Bowden is Commerce's first round opponent this week. Uh, the Bowden Red Devils hail from Bowden, Georgia, over there in Carroll County. Uh, it's a small city. The population is 2,565 folks in Carroll County, uh, which has a population of 119,992. So that kind of seems off, doesn't it? A city that small and a county that big? Yeah, well, Carrollton is a, there's a 
College town there. Oh, yeah, it's West, West Georgia. So that's a significant amount of that. So uh, Bowden's the, – the name of the city, the motto of the city is the friendly city. Uh, I guess Saturday night we'll see how friendly they are. Um, it's 133 miles southwest of Commerce and only four miles east of the Alabama state line. Uh, you travel down I-85 and I-20 to get there. Uh, and the elevation is just over 1,000 feet at 1,079 feet. Um, they, Bowden Red Devils play ball over at Warren P. Sewell Field um, in the 301-08 zip code. Um, they've been playing football for a while in Bowden going back to 1926. Uh, they took a break in 27 and played on until 38. Uh, picked back up in 53 and have been playing ever since. That's 81 seasons uh, for the Bowden Red Devils. They win a lot, uh, 60% of their games. They've won almost uh, 500. They're 487, 325, and 15. Uh, Back-to-back region champs in 20 and 21, giving them 18 region titles, two state titles, uh, one in 71, which later on in the show, I said uh, Colton would be joining us again. Dino, uh, he's going to talk about that 71 state championship game. Uh, cool commerce tied there. And then uh, they won their second title in 1992. Um, from ni- 1989 to 2005, they won 12 region titles over there in West Georgia. And mainly because of one guy, uh, Coach Dwight Hallstatter, uh, who coached there from 1990. 1990- or 1988 to 2014, um, he has won – he won uh, 348 games – 348 – 345 games and uh, 114 losses, had a 75% winning percentage uh, in his 37 seasons. There's 42nd all-time. 42nd all-time? All-time wins. That's – Which is pretty – Pretty good. That's ahead of a lot of good schools, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, they've had a lot of good players over there too. 55 All-State guys uh, in their program history with their best player being Nick Jones, who played at the University of Georgia. I don't know if you remember back in like 01, 02, he was on the offensive line. Um, kind of, yeah. You know, he's a good player from what I remember. Uh, their, their head coach over there now is uh, Richard Finley, Jr., He's been there since 18. British uh, man. It does sound – it doesn't sound like it would fit suit Bowden. Yeah. You know, uh, 25 and 18, he's, he's won 58% of his games at Bowden. Uh, only won two games elsewhere uh, and lost another 18. So, wherever he was at before, he wasn't very successful. But he's been pretty successful at Bowden. Uh, their best season was that 92 season where they were – uh, state champs and w- ran the table at 15 and 0. Um, I got an email from Mr. Prickett uh, this this week. He'll he'll email us every week. You know, he's former statistician for Commerce Tigers and historian, Commerce historian, and he just sent a one sentence email this week and said Commerce played Bowden one time in 2002 and beat him 41 to 22. And I remember that game. Yeah, I remember Dennis, uh, one of my favorite commerce teams, uh, 
Moose was the fullback. Nick Cox was a the two back. He's a three back guy. Dennis Waters running back, and Josh Haynes, a uh, Commerce Hall of Famer, <laughs> uh, threw. I mean, ran for a couple touchdowns, threw a touchdown pass to Dennis, just like an all around showcase of a Commerce quarterback. Yeah, again. you know, talking about Josh Haynes when he was the quarterback at Commerce High School, every kid in the Commerce City school system had a shell necklace. Yeah, I mean, everybody wanted a Mustang. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a great quarterback, great option quarterback, great offensive line on that team. We oh, talked about that earlier. Really good offensive line, good defense too. I mean, it was, it was a really good team. What, what, it, what was the end result for that team? They got to the Elite Eight and lost to Dilly County. I, I feel like Daresville was the team that beat us. That was two thousand one. Okay, so who did? So it might have been Dooley County. I think it was Dooley County. Yeah, got robbed down there that year. Um, so that that is the history of the Commerce Bowden season. Was that uh, victory for the Tigers over Bowden in the second round of the playoffs? Um, Colton Dino found a video actually from the other Commerce football Twitter um, on their YouTube channel called Wrecked Effects. It's a highlight film from that game back in two thousand two. So kind of a timepiece. You get to see a lot of neck rolls, you know, a lot of 4-4 four, four stack defense. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Nick Cox putting on a blocking clinic. Yeah. It, from two back. It, it, uh, it's worth seeing. And he, he's going to post it on the thread when we post this show. One interesting note, uh, I read a good preview article from Kyle Funderburg, a sports reporter over there at the Jackson Herald about this game this week. Um, he made the connection that I was thinking about. Um, and he did the work to find out Coach Holler's um, record against Bowden from over at North Cobb Christian because they were in the same region for the entire time he was at North Cobb Christian, uh, the old 6A, uh, before it was split public and private. Holler's actually went 3-2 and two against Bowden uh, in 2016, lost to him 20-6. to six. Then the next season, beat him uh, – 36 to 28, followed that with another win, 19 to 15. And then in 2019, in a top 10 matchup, uh, North Cobb Christian lost 27 to 21. And then last season in 2020, uh, North Cobb beat Bowden 35 to 20. So the average score over all those matchups was a victory for North Cobb Christian, 27 to 18. So Coach Hollers knows a little bit about these guys. Yeah. You know, he's played them more than. He knows more about Bowden than the average Commerce fan, for sure. Um, Bowden's had a successful year. Uh, earlier in the season, Dino and I prematurely crowned them North Georgia champions. Um, I think that was after the Bremen victory. Uh, in week two, they beat number 10 ranked Bremen, in, who's in AAA. Uh, they opened the season with a victory over Temple, 34-13. to uh, then they, they beat Bremen in that really close game, 32-28. Uh, to 28. We This was after Commerce played Pickens because we were coming back uh, in his car listening to the scoreboard show and just fell in love with this game. It was like a classic. Yeah. And uh, we were down from that game, but that got us picked up our spirits. Then Bowden lost to Harrelson County, who's a good team in AA, 14-10. They were at Harrelson County in that game. 
They beat Heritage Noonan 36-7, beat Tron on the road uh, 35-13, beat Gordon Lee on the road 38-15, beat North Cobb Christian at home 21-7, won the rest of their games. Mount Zion, Carroll beat them 40-14, beat Best Academy 41-6, and Armurchie 44-0. So very successful season for the Bowden Red Devils. Um, Thunderbird kind of talked about their offense and his piece there in this week's Jackson Herald. Uh, he described their offense as an up-tempo passing attack led by a couple of key players. Uh, the main guy is junior quarterback Robert McNeil. Uh, had a phenomenal season thus far. 1,617 yards passing. 17 touchdowns through the air to only one interception, uh, 63% completion rate in the air. Uh, not only does he do it with his arm, he does it with his legs, 652 yards rushing and nine touchdowns. It's an all-state selection last year as a sophomore. Um, freshman back, Luke Windham is their leading rusher, 930 yards on the ground, seven touchdowns. He's complimented by Tanner Langley, a senior back, who's kind of a dual threat, too. He's good out of the backfield, catching the ball uh, with nearly 500 yards and four touchdowns, 12 touchdowns overall. And then uh, receiver Gage Stevens, a senior, also good. Uh, he's caught six touchdown passes and a 2020 All-State selection. Um, have you heard of any of these guys? I know you probably – I've watched some highlights of the quarterback, and he does seem – I mean – he can run and he can throw it. Dino described him as like a Tim Tebow type, kind of bigger. Uh, I don't think he's that big. I think he's under six foot. And I don't. I wouldn't think he's much more than one eighty five. He may be bigger than that, but he looks he looks like a just a quick, you know, just a guy that can run really good and can throw it. Now, we'll see what we've got for him Saturday night. Uh, they do play a similar defense to what we've seen at Commerce over the years. Uh, 4-4 is what they run. This is from Coach Hollards, a 4-4 with man coverage uh, on the split split ends. That's what we saw from uh, Lincoln County last week. It's what Commerce ran in the past. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all you you need, really. In high school, especially. Uh, And against Commerce. Yeah. Commerce is going to try to run it. Yeah. Bowden only allows 11.6 points per game. As a team, they have 31 tackles for loss and 17 sacks on the season. Coach Hollers in that Thunderbird piece was quoted saying, you can't just possess it. You have to finish. It's really important that you finish. That will be a big emphasis for us this week uh, against Bowden. I think he might have been talking a little bit about some of the frustrations he faced against Lincoln last week. Yeah. Um, and they have to learn from that this week because they're facing a big challenge um, with the Bowden Red Devils in the first round. Um, due to a referee shortage, uh, 6, 6A, so Class 6A, Class A public, and Class A private will all play on Saturday. Uh, so the Commerce game will be in Bowden on Saturday, November 12th at 7 p.m. Uh, I think you'll have to buy – your tickets on GoFan. Uh, I think the school website has posted that. Uh, it's about a two-hour drive over there to Bowden. 
But we hope to take a big crowd uh, and hope to see the Tigers upset the Red Devils. Uh, Jesse, you have any predictions or you want to forego those this week? I'll, I'll forego them. I, I think I will too. Um, go Tigers, I'll say that. I, a big go Tigers. It's This team has uh, had a good season, seen a lot of good things so far from our, our 2021 Tigers. Um, I like the backfield. I think the quarterback's tough plays hard out the the hill twins are tough yeah i like watching them play uh so yeah we'll we'll get to see them this saturday for sure uh against bowden we did we did uh kind of preview a little bowden story time uh, earlier today i called up with co-host colton dean as he's on the road this week for work and he gave us a little story time about uh, a commerce connection to the Bowden Red Devils. Uh, and here that is. And uh, we're bringing back in Dino here to close out the show today, do a little story time uh, for Commerce Bowden. Uh, Dino, what you got for us today? Yeah, well, first of all, one thing that we'll, po- we'll post on Twitter with the uh, with the show is the there's a highlights clip. I don't know. Have you watched the highlights of Commerce Bowden 2002? No. There's a there's a four and a half minute highlights video from Rect Effects, um, which I think also is the Commerce Football Twitter account. It right? is. It is. Okay. Um, but anyways, we'll post that video. It's, it's pretty funny looking back and, and, and seeing the field and, like, just some of the players and everything. Probably so a bunch I, of neck rolls. Yeah, I was – seriously, like, that's the first thing you see is, like, Nick Cox with a neck roll, like, at the, <laughs> you know, the captain's exchange. Um, so that was pretty funny. We'll, we'll post that on Twitter with the show notes, and, and you can spend four and a half uh, minutes watching Commerce beat Bowden in what I believe is the only beating – uh, ever between these teams so far. Other, you right? Is that right? Yep, 2002 uh, in the playoffs. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, that's not the that's not the story time. The story time is uh, a lot of uh, Commerce Tiger uh, fans and people that have been around the program for a while will remember Hunter Root, uh, who was a, a good player for the Tigers back in, I guess it would be 2002 – to 2005. Right. Was- he was he was a 2005 captain, uh, had 182 career tackles, and led the team in tackles in uh, 2004 with 92. Yeah, that's uh, some pretty good stats. And he was a good player if you watched him play. But uh, it, there's a connection, really probably the only connection between Commerce and Bowden that I know of, other than the one game in 2002 – um, other than them both having pretty good programs, is uh, Hunter's dad, Craig Roop, was a uh, two-time All-State honorable mention linebacker at Bowden. Um, and actually, he's well-known in Georgia high school football history for a famous play in the 1971 state championship where he stopped Southeast Bullock's two-point conversion at the one-yard line with nine seconds left to preserve a 20-19 to victory uh, for the Devils, it's funny. I, I mentioned earlier when I was on the segment for reclassification about uh, me being in Bullock County, so hmm. Southeast Bull- all the way up to Bowden that night back in 1971. And um, yeah, Craig Root, Hunter's dad, he, he denied Ray Davis, Bullock, Southeast Bullock's Ray Davis at the one yard line. The AJC actually posted that uh, it had an article that said that it knocked both players out briefly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know if that's folklore or not, but uh, 
it's one of the only – I think there's only been a handful of state championships in AAA. At that time, they were in AAA to be decided within the last 10 seconds. So um, a pretty cool piece of history and um, uh, just wanted to mention that on the pod because uh, that's a pretty good – Pretty good connection back to commerce. Yeah, and uh, the roots live in commerce still, right? Uh, off three thirty four, is that correct? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They live off Berea Road still to this day. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah, Hunter Root, Root. I think I pretty much just call him Root, but Hunter Root came with us to the to Lincoln County last week as well. Right. So uh, he got to come down there. He said it was the first time he. I think he'd been to a game in fifteen years. So, oh so, man, he can't come would, back. It wasn't a great one for him to be at. <laughs> no. so, He's still around uh, Athens area, and he's around Commerce some. And, um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the, uh, the the tie that binds, I guess, between Bowden and Commerce. Uh, the roots, uh, two good linebackers in program history. Really, really interesting and really good story time, Dino. Thanks for doing the work on that and the research. And uh, you stay safe down there in the borough. You got it. I look forward to listening to the rest of the show. Uh, y'all boys have fun. Do a good job. All right. Thanks, man. Bye. All right. And thanks again for Dino bringing us a little Bowden Commerce history there with the Root family. Um, hope to see everybody out tomorrow night, or not tomorrow night, Saturday night. It's hard to get used to uh, for Commerce Bowden. First round of the playoffs. Uh, get your high school football in while you can. Uh, Jesse, thanks for being on the air. You have Go. anything you want to add? Go Tigers. Go Tigers. That'll be it.